I'm Liz Toombs, owner of PDR Interiors and your host for Sorority Chat, the podcast where we talk all things Greek housing, decorating, and beyond. Today, we are going to hear from Casey Keller, the NHC director at Sigma Kappa. Casey brings really interesting ideas to the world of Greek housing. She is forward thinking and is, you will hear, a wealth of ideas of the ways in which we can reimagine how the houses are used. Traditionally, sorority housing is about heads and beds. That's just, that's the way that the houses are funded. That's been the focus is we need the women living in, sleeping in the house, eating in the house, using the house. And then secondary has been the communal space. Casey talks about needing to figure out a new way to balance the desire for private spaces and communal spaces. She has a number of good ideas that I think many people can learn from. She brings a vibrant personality uh, and I think you'll just really enjoy hearing what she has to say. So let's talk to Casey. Hi, Casey. Hi, Liz. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. I said I'm excited and I mean it. It's always fun to talk with you. I agree. When you asked me to be on the podcast, I was so giddy with excitement. I couldn't wait. Well, that's good. And I, oh, side note, you are a fellow podcast host, correct? I am. I do. Every week, I, with a friend of mine, have a podcast called Two Gen Xers and a Microphone. I love it. I love the name. I think it's great. Um, so I know you'll be a pro at this, and I know the listeners are going to be very excited to hear um, some of the insights that you have to share with us today. So um, before we dive into kind of the topic for the day, let's get to know you a little bit better. Talk with us about what exactly your role as the executive director of the NHC entails. Sure. So I have been with NHC for 10 years, which does not even seem possible. I did not really think I would find myself in Greek housing, but I'm so happy that I did. I'm responsible for being that day-to-day person for the staff who provides the strategic direction of the organization. And I get to develop employees and volunteers. I work hand in hand with the board of directors, which is really my sweet spot. I love volunteer development and strategic direction. I love to see the growth of any organization and the possibilities of where we can go. And so to be able to kind of mash those things together, development of people and strategy and growth, it makes me so happy to be able to put those strengths together and build an organization. And I was able to come in about 10 years ago and start kind of fresh with the NHC. They were struggling a little bit with the direction of the organization. Uh, Even though we've been around for quite some time, we really had kind of lost our footing. And so we needed to redirect the services that we were providing. And so that's really what I do each day is figure out where we're going to go and how we're going to do it. 
that's pretty cool to be able to come in and, and shape that direction and just sort of navigate the whole team on, on where things are going. So you didn't think you would end up in housing. So what's your background? What is it that led you to this opportunity? I have been in association management for the past 27 years. So I started with a nonprofit that was a service organization. So always membership-based, which I do appreciate. And then from there, I went to a trade association. So what's super interesting is that I worked for two very male-dominated organizations. And then I do a complete change and I come into the women's world and work for a sorority. And so it has been a very, very big change, but I, again, have loved it. I do love association management. I really thought I'd set the world on fire by having my journalism degree and writing. Mm -hmm. And I do love to write still, but I did not set the world on fire doing that. I think that's why I do a podcast though, mm -hmm. is that I get to put that creativity to use. Uh, but I got really drawn into association management through an internship. And so I started it, I was going to do a 16-week internship, and it turned into 13 years, and I stuck with it for, you know, the rest of my career. Isn't that funny, just, you know, how you think, oh, I was going to do this internship, get what I need, you know, move on, and then all of a sudden you're hooked into a career path. Absolutely, yeah. I really did not think that this was mine, but I am so happy that it has turned into it. Yeah. Yeah. So then you are a Sigma Kappa yourself, correct? I am. Interestingly enough, though, I'm an alumna initiate. So oh. I did not have an undergraduate experience. So I've never lived in a sorority house. I don't know what it is like to have a new member class. Mm -hmm. um, I do have a big though. I know what that is. Okay. So a past president of the NHC is my big sis. And so uh, the sorority sisters, I do call my own. I just have a very different view for what that membership experience is. Yeah. And I think that there's value in that. Um, you know, not everyone that works in this industry now was involved in the Greek system in their college days. I mean, I have two team members um, within my company that neither one were, were Greek and, um, you know, it can go just fine. And like you're saying, the perspective is different. And sometimes there's a lot of value in, in getting some outside eyes and ears um, on the topic. Absolutely. And I only have two on my team that are Greek. So it's so interesting. And I do, I think that we're seeing more and more today that that different perspective is shaping how the staff shows up differently for the sorority team, the foundation team and housing. Mm -hmm. And there is, I do, I agree with you. I think there's a lot to be said for that. I think it's a really well, well rounded and a more diverse dynamic in our office with Greek and non-Greek staff members. Yeah, and I'm 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 proud of national organizations for being willing to bring on folks that were not necessarily involved in any sort of Greek organization, whether or not it was their own, because I think that they are putting more focus on that, um, the diversity, the equity, the inclusion, and that that is part of that is understanding that not everyone chose to do that in college because they may have been in a different place, but now some of the skills that they can bring to the table for the national level are very, very helpful. I completely agree. 
Um, okay, so you and I met at the MJ Housing Forum and had a lovely conversation just talking about reimagining Greek housing in general. Um, and I just want to dive into that because you had some really great ideas. Um, and at the time, I did not know that you were not Greek in college. You did not live in the house. And so that's even more fascinating to me with just some of the, the perceptions that you had and just how intuitive your thoughts were about how these houses need to make some changes. So what are some of your ideas about how the houses need to be revamped to suit today's collegians? Sure. I think you are hitting on something and that is today's collegians. Mm -hmm. So several years ago, we, the NHC started a house director conference and a house, a housing forum for our Sigma Kappa volunteers and our Sigma Kappa house directors. And one of the sessions that we did was, this is not your mother's sorority house. And so we partnered with some, some local volunteers and with a design firm and an architecture firm. And we just wanted them to have a very candid conversation about what is happening in houses. And then we pulled in a member of the university staff and what she was seeing in residential life. Mm -hmm. And we just really peppered all of them, <clears throat> excuse me, with questions about how do we adapt our spaces to the student? And I think that what we were finding is that the feedback we were getting is, I, I really don't want to be in a room, in a sleeping room with someone else. I don't want a sleeping porch. The, you know, having bunk beds is not my style. I would really like my own bathroom. We're seeing much smaller family units. I grew up in a very, very large family and I have always shared a bedroom. And so I think that if we really are listening to what college students are coming to school with, then we have an opportunity to say, okay, do we have room to give them what they are looking for and not devaluing what the sorority and fraternity experience has been for 150, 200 years? Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a balance and I do think that we can and then I think there's also this side of we have a lot of long-standing volunteers that we need for them to have a little bit less ownership of the old rickety chair that has been sitting in that sorority house for 150 years. Like, let's just give it up, ladies. It's okay. We can have one, but we don't need 50. Mm -hmm. And we need to be okay with the look and the feel of the house modernizing. It is okay. It does not mean that it's any less yours. It is, you can hold those memories and you can tell those stories and you can come back to the house and it can still be just as much yours as it was when you were in it and it not look the same. It, I really do truly believe that. And I know that that is really easy for me to say because I haven't ever lived in a sorority house. But I also feel like I don't need that experience to say this because I am listening. I'm listening to today's college student and I'm listening to that volunteer and I'm hearing the same thing. I'm hearing that the 
volunteer is saying, I want to give back to the organization that made a space for me for where I belonged when I needed to belong to something. And I'm hearing today's college student say, I'm looking for this place where I belong. Mm -hmm. So I truly do believe that we have the opportunity. I also think that it's going to be impossible for some of our spaces to change because of many, many reasons. But I do think that there is a balance that we can strike and we have to be willing to say, you know what, we have been doing things this way and it has worked, but it's okay if today's college student wants things to change. And these are some Liz, I'm going to throw out some wild concepts, Uh but these, I do think, make us more relevant going into a period of time where students are going to need spaces that do look and feel like them because they need a place where they can call it home, they can feel comfortable in, in a world where we have been so isolated, right? Like times are so dramatically different than when you were in college, when I was in college, and when a lot of our volunteers were in college previously. Yeah. So when you were talking about getting that group together and having the conversation about, you know, this isn't your mom's sorority house, what do things look like today? I would be interested to know if you did that again now, following Mm -hmm. COVID as things are changing, because like you said, everyone has been so isolated. So is that goal still, I want my own room, I want my own bathroom, or am I like, please let me, you know, bunk with my friends so that I can see them. You know, it just, I think things kind of change in waves almost. I think you're absolutely right. And we also have, we put on hiatus. So we rely on the net promoter score um, tool for each of our houses. So we ask all of our members who live in and all of our members who don't to rate, you know, how likely are you to recommend living in the house and how likely are you to recommend utilizing the house? And then we give them just an open field for them to share any feedback with us. Mm-hmm. And we put it on a pause because we knew that we uh, wouldn't be able to offer any changes that they, you know, to the feedback. So we didn't want to be unfair to them to get their feedback and then not be able to do much with it for the past two years. Mm-hmm. So reinstituting this starting in May with all of our houses. And I'm excited because I think that we're going to get really valuable feedback. And then we're taking this feedback directly to our corporations. We will have our Institute in 2023. And I do want to have that same session. And I want to talk to, uh, you know, that same group of not the same people, but the same industry and the same um, categories, because I think you're right. I think that the wave will be, there still are going to be, I think, some students that are going to say, yep, I want, I want to be private when I want my alone time. And I want to be communal when I want to be around my friends. Mm-hmm. And I, we are still hearing that de- desperately. I think that we are going to also be hearing, I want a lot of technology in the house more so than we've seen. 
I think gaming is going to be even increasing in our sorority houses, which we have not seen a ton of, but I think that is going to increase. I think also we're going to see a lot more mental health spaces or just those those really calming spaces that we had been starting to put in in 2018, 2019. We had adapted a lot of open spaces in our houses that weren't being utilized in a great way. They were just, you know, we were doing less formal rooms and really more functional space. And we said to a lot of our women in the houses, if you want that yoga room, let's talk about it. How can we do this? And then we did a lot of incentives. Okay, if you fill the house two years in a row, then we'll convert this space. Okay, if you have 100% collection rate on all of the fees, we'll convert this space. So if we can work in partnership on how the house is being utilized, then we will let you utilize it in ways that look different. We have a craft room and one that is much larger than just a big open floor where they can do, you know, big posters and signs. We have moped parking, scooter parking in one of our house, or not in, but around the perimeter of one of our houses. And apparently that has become all the rage on that campus. And we were, Sigma Kappa is not often a trendsetter, but that was the trend that we set um, on that campus. Mm-hmm. So again, I do think that when we stop and we listen to what the students want and we figure out, is it feasible and is it sustainable? I think that's the other thing. And sustainable for sorority houses doesn't mean for 50 years. Mm -hmm. It means for a cycle of about five Mm -hmm. because the next new group that comes in, they don't like the color scheme. They don't like the stripes. They don't like the pattern on the back of the chair. So you know that you're going to get that feedback and hopefully there's some planning fiscally to change things up and just to do things differently. Yep, you are right. So in my work, I see that all of the time. You know, you get the house redone, that group, those four (laughs) classes that were there at the time, they understand what the house used to look like. They understand what they've created or, you know, they've gotten some feedback or been able to give feedback on what that should look like. So there's an appreciation there. And then when that turns over, there is a whole new group of women coming in with different thoughts and ideas, and it's not their fault. They don't understand what happened the previous, you know, four or five years, like you said. So it's just, it's a natural turnover when the classes change. I think that, that there's a desire to update the house differently. And like you said, if you're planning well for it, then you know how much you can invest and you're going to do it on that kind of timetable. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that we're striving to do now, too, is whenever we're changing the look and feel of the house is to do a better job of telling that story through pictures and utilization of the house. So then that next class can see, oh, that, okay, we get it. Mm -hmm. And, And that it is okay if it changes, but please understand that there was intentionality around why the house looks the way that it does. Mm -hmm. And so let's first talk about that. And then, okay, what direction do we want to go in? That has, we're trying to incorporate that into the project. So whatever designers we're using, um, working with, we were really trying to have a good partnership with to help us tell that story too. And to get that level of understanding with our members that it is much more than 
the fabric choice. It's much more than the color palette. It is about the utilization of the house to meet the needs of the members. Mm -hmm. Yep. I kind of, I tend to break it down to the why behind the what, Um, you know, the what is the fabrics and the the pieces that are coming in, but then the why behind it is, you know, this did not fit our needs before. Here's how we've made those changes. And this is how it's going to serve us now Um, because you do have to maximize that space. That's your one you know, one building that you have dedicated on that campus. Um, You talked about mental health spaces or private spaces. And I think that is so important to talk about because we've had probably a dozen projects that we've worked on at least now where we have converted spaces that were just, like you said, they weren't useful anymore. Specifically, when you think about homes that have phone booths in them, for back in the day when that's where you had to go to take your phone calls or to call home and talk to your family. Clearly, we don't need that anymore. Most of the time, they were becoming junk closets, but they didn't necessarily have completely closable doors on them. So they were these eyesores when you walk down the hallway. And so what we've done is those types of rooms or other small odds and end rooms is um, we've turned them into what people are calling interview rooms. Um, And they're calling them that because that's just sort of the most palatable term, but they're being used for a variety of purposes. So sometimes it is for a private phone call. Sometimes it's to take a test. You know, you just need to get away from everyone else, even in the study rooms. So you can go in there, get online, take your test. Um, Sometimes they are being used for job interviews or internship interviews because you're on Zoom. And so that way you have a nice background. It's quiet. You can be right there. And then sometimes they're being used for therapy appointments, for mental health appointments, and it gives you the privacy that you need in there too. And so that's a situation where you take the smallest amount of square footage and the amount of purposes that I just rattled off was pretty endless. And so that is a great way to maximize that space. Um, And we've had, we've been on a campus before where we've had the women say, hey, this lounge needs to be for our mental health club. Um, because it has doors that can be closed and like, can you help us outfit this so that it can suit that need? And, you know, we had that conversation and we figured out how to do that. Obviously the mental health club was not the only thing going on in that room. So we had to keep that in mind as well. But I mean, these students come to us with these semi-challenging needs and we have to sort out how to do that and not challenging in a bad way, challenging just in that when they first came to us with that, it was wow, this is the first of its kind. Tell us more about that so that we can understand how to help you. I love everything about that. And I think you're right. It becomes useful in so many ways. And when the members come and say, this is what we want to do. And the answer is, tell us more. That is beautiful because I think that says to the member, we are listening to you. We are hearing what you're saying and we want to figure out, can we do this? And can we also, are there things that we're not thinking about? When you just rattled off so many things, that's exactly where my mind goes for, okay, it can be used for an interview. It can absolutely be used for your mental health and for a therapy session. We have a partnership with Talkspace and it's all online therapy. And so you need a quiet space. You need that dedicated space. I love to meditate. And I know that people think I'm probably new agey. I'm okay with that. But I need that dedicated space where I can 
be focused and quiet and calm my mind because I do. When you start talking, my mind does start. And it's not, I'm not paying attention. It's that I want to be able to respond in a way that like, oh yes. Okay. What else? What else? What else? And so when we then can say back to them, okay, now we just have to figure out how we do it. And when we partner with the right people, then we do get the best options that are available and the opportunity to, again, put these spaces in our houses, transform them into what is currently needed. Who would have thought that 10 years ago, mental health would have been rampant across our campuses? And we're only going to continue to see this in a pandemic and coming out of it, we're only going to see the need increase. And so my hope is that we continue to show up so strongly for our members in our houses that, okay, what do you need to be successful in school, in this fraternal experience, and on this campus, because those are really the pillars, right, of our Greek experience that we want to focus on, and we want to give them the tools, and what a better place to do it than in these houses. Mm -hmm. No, you're right, and you hit on something that I think is key when you said on this campus, so you've, you've touched on, you have moped parking at one house, you know, you have something else at this other house, the culture of a campus really plays into what's going on, so you have a couple of factors, you have the Sigma Kappa culture and what, you know, you as a national organization are trying to bring to your members. And then you also have the local campus culture and all of that mixes in to create what kind of housing experience these women want. And so each time I think you go campus to campus, it tweaks a little bit because, you know, the <laughs> interests are different or, you know, the, the, um, uh, I want to say environment, that's not what I mean, but the weather is different. So then right. different interests come out. And so I think it's really important that you're staying in tune with that and you're asking the specific members what they're going for, because then you really can hone in and help them. Right. And I think too, you need to understand who class-wise is utilizing it. Is it sophomores that are living in your house? So then, okay, how are you going to draw back those seniors that are really got one step out the door. Do you have that interview room? Can you draw seniors back into your house by giving them an area in the house? Do you have a weekly yoga class? Or um, we have a chapter where biking is huge on the campus. They have a huge race every year. And so you that we put in a space where they can all um, put their bikes and uh, train. They all have trainers for their bikes. They come and they train for months to getting ready for that race. And it works beautifully. So all of those seniors come back to the house and utilize the house that way. So again, these are the ways that you can draw in each of the classes that may otherwise say, yeah, oh yeah, we love it when um, we have a house that is less about sleeping and more about meeting and eating because we really think that sisterhood is happening around the uh, table and around chatting and around eating. And so we are providing healthy options. We're providing options that they get to tell us that they want. So we're partnering with food service vendors that are listening as well. Yeah. And then we're saying, okay, come to the house 
This is where you get to be with your sisters. This is where you get to be a part of your experience. And it's not about room and board and it's not about those housing fees. It's really about the, that community that we are trying to provide and give you that space to do it here in the, you know, within these walls. Yeah. And that was something that you and I specifically had discussed mm -hmm. in our conversation at the MJ forum, as you said, I think it, we need to go to a place where it is less about heads and beds and more about maximizing the community space. And so is that something that is on your radar for your strategic plan for Sigma Kappa housing going forward? It is. We have several houses that we have uh, dormers. So we have cold dorms and we have lots of beds in there. And we are, we're trying to figure out, can we do better and not have as many beds and we have more spaces where we draw women back in and we entice them to come back to utilize the house the way that they need to so we are doing assessments about how how would that look what do you need out of the house uh and really putting it out there that we can convert this house and these spaces, but what would it take to get you back in this house? Mm -hmm. And is it meals? Is it just space? Is it, do you have the time? You know, we're trying also to figure out what is taking up the time of our members. Is it class? Is it internships? Is it work outside of the classroom? So what is it that they're doing uh, do they have time to just come and hang out? Do they, are we working with the, our chapter friends and the advisory friends to figure out programming? And so again, is the house a contribution to the member experience and in what ways? Mm -hmm. And again, absolutely less about the bed space and more about this community because we we want that to also reflect how Sigma Kappa shows up on a campus and in that community. And so if we can mirror that to how the women can show up in the house, I think that then it, it just seems like they match and it's less about fees and beds and us chasing that for our membership and really more about a contribution. Yeah, um, I think it's great that you all are doing that assessment just to see how this plays into for people. Is this really what they want to happen? Because back to our earlier conversation about, you know, we have alumni that this is the way we've always done it. This is the way right. the house has always looked. So will there be pushback versus, you know, your new members coming in and saying, this is how the house can meet my my needs to give me the community that I need, especially as these chapters grow, you know, there's some campuses, these chapters are huge. You couldn't right. let everyone come in the house if you wanted to, unless okay. you make some changes and maximize that communal space. You can't. And I think too, this is my uh, NPC friends might not like me for saying this, but I think too, it's okay if housing isn't right for your chapter you need to make that decision for your chapter. I appreciate that NPC is really examining the unanimous agreements. Do not get me wrong. They have served us well. I love that we have had collective bargaining on campuses. 
And I do think that there there's a time and a place for them. I think when we are all well established and we know what works best for us, then each group needs to continue to make the decisions that work best for each group. And so Sigma Kappa has made some hard decisions most recently about unhousing some of our our chapters because being in a house has not been working for our chapters. And so we're in the middle of a sale right now because it is not financially sustainable for the chapter and for the corporation. And so the women, we put all of the information out in front of the women. We put it in front of the alumni and we said, here are the decisions that need to be made. And we let the chapter vote and the chapter voted to sell the house. And we applaud that because we, when we line up all of the information and we are transparent and collaborative, I think best decisions get made. And then we also share that with our Panhellenic community. And we say, look, this isn't about anyone, but the women that are part of this experience. And that's who we're making these decisions for. I think then that's when we do have a true sorority experience on these individual campuses. And that's that to me is well worth why we're doing what we're doing. And so I'm hopeful that we will continue down that path too, is do what needs to be done for each group, not, you know, so when, when it makes sense to do collective bargaining, let's do it. But when there comes a time where we have to make difficult decisions, I think for Sigma Kappa, knowing that we can make those choices, be it to be housed or not to be housed, then having the freedom to do that because it makes sense for, again, the experience for Sigma Kappa. And then just saying, all right, this is it. This is what Sigma Kappa is on this campus and in this house or in this community. This is how we're going to show up and being consistent with that is super helpful to know that we have those options. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think watching you all go through this experience and seeing what information comes of it is just definitely something people need to do just to kind of see what's happening happening and what kind of changes are coming down the pike and housing in general. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I love change. I know that sounds odd. I'm an agent for change. So it doesn't daunt me. I love to be strategic about it. I like to manage it. And I love to bring people along with me. And so when we have opportunities in front of us to do things differently or to make things better the way that they are working, I really get excited. And so I love having conversations about how can we see housing differently? How, what is that future? How are we reimagining housing? So Liz, this has been super exciting for me to be a part of because I do think that sorority housing has great, great opportunity and relevance on our campuses today and tomorrow. And I'm really happy and thrilled to be a part of these conversations. And you can tell it comes through your passion and your excitement for the work comes through in you just talking about it and you talking about that strategic plan and your vision. And you can tell that those are where your heart is. You know, those are the things that you want to accomplish. And so um, I appreciate you coming on and just sharing some of your thoughts 
on the housing industry with me. Thanks, Liz. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much. Wasn't Casey great? Did I, did I lead you wrong by saying she brought a vibrant personality? I didn't think so. I enjoy talking with her. I get a lot of energy and excitement feeding off of her ideas and what she had to say. Um, I hope that you enjoyed some of the things that we discussed. Uh, I would be interested to hear from you as the listener, what is it that you're doing in your houses? What unique spaces have you created? Or based on hearing our conversation, is there a space that you're now gonna work on converting because you realize there's a need from the chapter and that space is no longer meeting that need? I'd love to know, I'd love to hear in what ways you think that housing could be reimagined either in your specific space or just in general. So be sure to um, leave us some comments, let me know. And as always, if there is a, another topic or another guest that you wanna hear from, let me know that too. I am here to um, bring you what you want. Thanks so much for listening.